0: This is your Chargers linebacker, Dan Henry. and you're tuning in with Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake after and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, Aura, AG1, Mint Mobile, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning in to the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, the Jim Harbaugh effect, the wave if you will, that is currently sweeping through the Bolt family and Chargers fans everywhere is not going away anytime soon. Newsflash, this is another (laughs) Chargers Unleashed episode that is going to be about Jim Harbaugh. Go figure. And to do it this time, We wanted to obviously dig into the crux of things, just in terms of Jim Harbaugh, the man, the one that built up Michigan back to its championship pedigree and obviously took home a national division title. But obviously, there are some people that are following him to the Chargers and Jesse Minter and Ben Herbert. So when Dan Wolkenstein works the phones, great things are always expected to happen. So we decided to bring someone from the Michigan inside on the show. And Dan Wolkenstein is going to tell us exactly who it is that's going to be joining us today.
1: Yes. Uh, from Rivals and Yahoo Sports, senior editor at the Maize and Blue, a one Trevor McHugh is going to be joining us to talk all things Michigan, Jim Harbaugh, Michigan culture under Jim Harbaugh, what Jesse Minter and his defensive philosophy and success meant to the team, how insanely impactful Ben Herbert is, the college players and archetypes of this Michigan team and what Jim Harbaugh actually wants. We'll also, of course, we got to talk about NFL draft prospects. We'll talk about some Michigan guys and who ultimately, knowing Jim Harbaugh most, more than most people here in L.A. anyways, who Trevor thinks the Chargers can pencil in and buy the jersey of already for the Chargers pick at number five. Without further ado, Trevor McHugh from Rivals and Maize and Blue. Next on Chargers Unleashed, we are joined by special guest, a uh, big one here from Michigan's perspective. Uh, Rivals own Trevor McHugh joins us here on Chargers Unleashed to talk about Jim Harbaugh's legacy, the impact that he left in Michigan and what Chargers fans can expect, the real-life Jim Harbaugh. We'll talk about Jesse Minter. We'll talk about Ben Herbert, some Michigan prospects, the whole nine.
2: Trevor, first and foremost, thanks for joining us. How are you doing, man? doing well just you know you guys aren't bringing me on just to pick on me and troll me right like no <laughs> no no well, we're, we're going to try not to. No no I I'm I'm excited you know look Jim Harbaugh did everything we asked of him here in Michigan. It, I'm excited he's getting this opportunity. I'm excited to let Chargers fans know what they're getting in Jim Harbaugh. So
1: totally totally. So for those who don't follow Trevor, we would never bring uh, you Trevor. on here to to pick on you
0: because this is a this is a Chargers podcast. We all know about languishing and misery. So we can't we can't we can't speak to that. So if anything, we appreciate, you know, a winning culture coming on this show for a change.
2: <laughs> that, that's gonna be my tagline now. I'm the winning culture that uh, I can for the add brand, to other shows for the brand. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yes. For those who don't follow Trevor McKee, you can find him on X at Trevor McHugh. Uh, he's a senior editor at Maze and Blue, covers the Wolverines for Rivals and Yahoo Sports as well. Trevor, before we kind of get into Jim Harbaugh specifically, like this had to have been the, la- like, the last couple of weeks. And also, you could probably say the last three off seasons for Michigan. Just a roller coaster. Like talk to Chargers fans about just like the the impact and legacy that. Jim Harbaugh has brought but like what that has meant to you guys kind of pre post championship and like the roller coaster of emotions that Michigan's going through right now with the wake.
2: Yeah, it's there's a lot of emotions, right? I think there's it almost feels like they didn't have a chance to celebrate the national championship, right? The the Harbaugh NFL rumors were already heating up by the Rose Bowl. He's already getting questions there. He's getting questions at the national championship. Um during the morning press conference after the national championship, he literally said to one of the reporters, like, can I have a day? (laughs) Right? Like, can I have one day? So Michigan fans have been aching for this level of success in a national championship since 1997. And it, it almost feels like it hasn't happened at this point because the rug was pulled out. Um, But there's the other side of it, which is people knew he had this NFL itch. And if an NFL team was going to offer him everything he wanted and the perfect situation, he was going to take that opportunity. And we'll get into more why the chargers were always that job um, for him and why I I was very nervous once Staley was fired. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's a mixture. And then obviously there's the unknown. People are excited about Sharon Moore. They believe he deserved this opportunity, but as he and Harbaugh are fighting for staff members, right? There's this, anxiety of okay, what's coming next? And people haven't really been able to take time to appreciate what happened, which is three straight Big Ten championships, beating Ohio State three straight times, and then of course winning the national championship and accomplishing everything he came here to do. So I gotta ask like what was
1: we we'll kind of get into the Jim Harbaugh stuff first. Like what was we talk about Jim Harbaugh being like a culture shift. He goes to Los Angeles and we'll talk about like why he picked LA I think as much as the Chargers wanted him, he wanted LA. But talk to us just about like the the culture shift, maybe like pre-Michigan then like as soon as he got here, maybe that first year or two, like what changed? Like what were the things
2: that you saw that you're like, "Whoa, this is different." Yeah. So we had waves with Harbaugh, right? Because he comes in 2015 at Michigan's lowest point, right? So that we had the Rich Rodriguez era which was going out and hiring the biggest name and bringing in a guy that doesn't know Michigan's culture and Michigan's traditions. And anybody who who knows anything about Michigan knows they are obsessed with Michigan, right? And who they are and all these little things. So Rich Rod comes in and he says, Ohio state is the same as any game on the schedule. It's not, you can't say that never say that um, weird things. Like he took the wings off the helmet during practices and, Guys had to earn it, just stupid stuff that people didn't like, right? And the style of play that he had, it just wasn't Michigan. So he never really stood a chance in Ann Arbor because nobody was going to accept him. On the flip, they go and hire Brady Hoke, who knows Michigan and loves Michigan and comes in and tells all the fans everything they need to hear. This is Michigan, for God's sakes, and blah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, we're still Michigan, but was way over his head, right? Trying to revitalize the program and lead a, a national program like Michigan, and it ends up not working. So Jim Harbaugh comes in and this is the dream scenario, right? It's the combination of everything. You have the most coveted coach in football, right? NFL teams are sitting on the tarmac to try and talk to Harbaugh as he's on the way to Ann Arbor, right? We, we get the coach everybody wants. He loves Michigan. He's been around this program since he was a little kid. He was a ball boy when his dad was coaching underneath Bo Schembechler. He obviously played here and was very successful, so he can come in and say all the right things, but also the most important part, do the right things, right? Living what you say, not just winning on the field, but the blue collar attitude and all of those things that make Michigan good. He instilled almost immediately. So the way Michigan played was something fans were able to be more proud of. And it just, again, winning kind of fixes everything, but then, you know, he goes through these ways after 2016, it kind of trickles down. He comes back up in 18 and then there's the complete crash In 2020, where most of this fan base wants Jim Harbaugh fired and he has to do another cultural reset, which obviously was successful and leads Michigan to this three year run that it's been on. But it's just being what you're talking about, right? He said he has every cliche and I shouldn't even say cliche because he comes up with his own phrases. The quotes you're going to get out of this man are unbelievable. Um, (laughs) But I think my favorite is still if worms had machine guns, birds would be scared of them that so he answers love questions it. this way you, you'll ask him how the the depth chart is shaping up on the offensive line and he'll start telling you why you shouldn't eat chickens because they're nervous birds like that's just <laughs> he's a different mind right but <laughs> but yeah it's just it's it's hard work getting what you put in you know that blue collar attitude and team Team, team, team. Um, Jim Harbaugh, when he talks about love, he means it. He loves his players. He loves his coaches. He loves his community. um, He loves his family, obviously. And finding that balance of everything is why he's so successful. Trevor, I wanted to talk to you
0: about Jesse Minter because obviously when Moore was brought in to succeed Harbaugh, everything went to the attention as far as like, okay, let's just try to keep the entire band together. And – Minter had two years left on his contract. Herbert had four years left on his contract. And obviously, they were big pieces of the success of Michigan while everything was taking place there. But for those who don't know, talk to us about what Jesse Minter built with the Michigan defense there. Obviously, very highly regarded just in terms of the talent he was able to develop. Obviously, in the top 10 in terms of college ranks over the last couple of years for Michigan. But just in general, what is it that he does that's key to defense as a whole, or even just individual players.
2: Yeah, absolutely. First off, any Michigan fan that's honest, knew Jesse Minter was going to be gone at the end of this year, regardless. Like anyone thinking that he was going to stay is insane. He's the most coveted defensive coordinator in the NFL, right? Yes. Jim's in LA. Mike McDonald just got a job in Seattle. You better believe he would have wanted Jesse Minter. And you better believe that John Harbaugh in Baltimore would have wanted Jesse Minter as well not to mention Philly probably would have considered him. Jacksonville was talking to him. like He was going to go to the NFL no matter what, so um, that piece. But, yeah, he came in. So Mike McDonald, who was the Ravens' D.C. the last couple years and now going to Seattle, was Michigan's defensive coordinator for one season. Uh, Michigan moved on from Don Brown. Jim calls his brother, hey, I got to do something different. Do you have some guys? And he recommends three. One was McDonald, one was Minter, and then the other is a name a lot of people are going to start to hear is Zach Orr. He was torn between McDonald and Minter, ends up hiring McDonald, offered Minter a defensive back job, but he goes to Vanderbilt for one year. McDonald leaves, Minter comes in. So it's the Ravens scheme, which is a versatile multiple front defense that disguises coverage, disguises blitzes. It just messes with the minds of offense, right? If you want to call it Ben, don't break, I think that's fair. It's a team that is willing to let you move, or a defense, excuse me, that's willing to let you move between the 20s, but it will not let you score. An excellent red zone defense, doesn't give up big plays, and forces turnovers, right? That, that's just the fundamental keys. He, he's probably going to talk about his four pillars, which are oh, block, block destruction, effort, ball disruption, and obnoxious communication. So those are the four pillars of the mentor defense, right? Um, In terms of what it means for players, because it's so versatile, you're not going to have to force players into pegs. You can adapt your defense to the players you have, right? Figure out what your strengths are. Take advantage of that. There's obviously scheme and things you have to do. But if you look at Michigan in 2021, dominated by Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo, two massive sack getters on the outside. That was the key of the defense. You go into 2022, you don't have anybody like that. So you start to see a committee approach on the defensive front. The secondary starts to have a different role, right? 2023 this year, the strength is the interior defense. So guess what? Now we're going to lean on that. And the edge is still going to be a factor, but Kenneth Grant, Mason Graham, these defensive tackles. Oh, we've got Will Johnson. We're going to take advantage of this lockdown corner we have, right? So, coming into the chargers, they're going to get guys they want that fit in the scheme, but you're not going to have to wait one, two or three years to start to see success because Minter's a genius. Just, he's just a genius. He's going to look at the guys he has, build his defense around that. And then once you give him a half of football, that third quarter, it's, it's unbelievable. The adjustments he makes, the, the play calling. I'm chills over here, Trevor. It's, Keep it going. I, Talk very I'm getting chills. I love Jesse Minter, man. I love Jesse Minter. <laughs> so yeah, he is just he's a brilliant mind, and he's he's just very good about putting players in places to succeed.
1: One of the things that Adjustments I think I think would probably excites a... Chargers fans a ton is that like they with Brandon Staley specifically, like they've seen a Chargers defense that seemingly there was a scheme that Brandon Staley had and he kind of tried to get guys in those positions of that scheme to succeed. And it, the idea of like adjustments or the idea of being versatile, the scheme was, but the player personnel within it didn't seem to work. And so you saw the Chargers' defense just evaporate, whether it was a secondary, whether it was run defense, sometimes whether it was pass rush, like you name it, broken tackles, miscommunication, bad angles, poor communication, mental hurdle, like all that stuff, like everything just kept going down and down and down and things kind of were struggling to stay afloat. What Jesse Minter seems to bring is it doesn't really matter. Like he doesn't care the position group that is the strength, he just needs to find it. And then he'll build around it. Right. And so the idea of building around your roster versus building around your scheme, that is so not what Chargers fans are used to, and when you have a Chargers team that has this much turnover and this many holes to fill, it is it becomes less about like the all star talent that you have on your squad and more about finding specific archetypes that can help Minter and his defense fit the mold of player that they need. I think like Chargers fans, I don't think that's easy to grasp, but it's easy to see it succeed in Baltimore, and with Michigan. I mean, Jake and I were just talking about the Michigan stats and rankings over the last few years, like, top five in overall defense all three years, number one this past year, top three in, like, pass rush, coverage, tackling, run, you name it. And to your point, Jesse Minter is, like, a big reason why. The other side of this coin, though, is we just saw on Pat McAfee, J.J. Watt was talking about, like, how beloved and how much praise he gave Ben Herbert for what he meant and what he meant to him, not only for Michigan, but also for him back in Wisconsin. Talk about Ben Herbert, because I think everyone knows now, like this guy is revered. This guy is one of the best in the NFL or in the industry. And JJ, Watt was talking about how he revolutionized and how he impacted the culture and how he will impact the Chargers. Talk about Ben Herbert for a bit. What you've seen from him, whether on the field, off the field, just in your press
2: conferences and stuff. So I know you cover the team a ton. Who are the charges of getting in Ben Herbert? Can we get like Sarah McLaughlin? I'll remember you playing softly in the background. <laughs> as we talk about <laughs> Ben Herbert here. Um, <laughs> ben Herbert is a madman, dude. He is. So the, the running gag we have is... Ben Herbert always looks like he's assessing the threat in a room at all times. (laughs) When you see pictures of him, dude, he's just, just, it's so funny. Um, But he, I I don't fully know what his role is going to be with the chargers yet, because in college players spend more time with the strength and conditioning coach than they do anyone else especially in the off. He's basically the head coach of the off season. Right. So from a relationship standpoint, players love him because he's, he's a lot like Jim Harbaugh. We, we talked about the love and the, the trust and you know, the college has the boys to men element, right. The developing of people, not just players. And that's a big piece of him, but in terms of his job, the conditioning results that we've seen on this roster since he got here are unbelievable from freshmen, like even freshmen, just as they arrive on campus. So once they've signed their letter of intent, even though they're not on campus, they can speak with the dietitians and the strength coaches and get put on programs. So guys are showing up to camp 40 pounds bigger than when they signed their letter of intent. And you're like, what in the world? Like just from doing what Ben Herbert said, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Kenneth Grant, mm-hmm. but so Kenneth Grant is one of the top defensive tackles. For Michigan him and Mason Graham go watch highlights of him and get very very excited and hope that LA drafts him next year Um, the, the guy's an absolute freak he'll be Bruce Feldman's number one freak in college football so he's six four like 360 pounds runs a four seven there's a play of him chasing down a running back against Penn State against Washington he just like lifted up a dude and put him down and came in and got a sack on Michael Pennock so he was an underrated recruit because he was overweight and not super limber and not well conditioned and couldn't stay on the field and and Ben Herbert gets him into incredible shape where he's stronger, faster, more agile and can stay on the field. And that's the development piece that you get from Ben Herbert is maximizing a player's potential, which is obviously maximizing the team's potential as well. Obviously in the NFL Guys have their own personal trainers and and things like that. So I know other teams like Denver, we've seen it with Peyton kind of trying to move towards, hey, I want you to use our guy. I'm guessing Harbaugh is going to do something like that, but just having him in the building from a culture standpoint and that hard work, blue collar mentality, having him on the sideline and his just, again, mean (laughs) mentality is going to be a benefit as well. And Jim Harbaugh having people he can trust. That's the biggest thing is Jim Harbaugh has got to have people that get him and understand him and that can tell him no, right. And, and keep him on track and, and and allow other people to do their jobs and make sure he doesn't get too hands on. So I think Herbert's role is going to be as much with the team as it is just helping Jim Harbaugh, if that makes sense. But yeah, that fans were prepped for mentor and they have faith in the scheme and finding someone else. Ben Herbert was a massive. Man, there's just no way around that.
0: And Dan and I were talking about this earlier this week because obviously now all the coaching pieces are starting to fall together and you're interested to see how this staff is going to be built out. But now we kind of shift the conversation a little bit to well, what's that going to look like on the field? And the Chargers are in an interesting offseason when it comes to the players on this team for guys that have big-time contracts. They're going to have to make some tough decisions. But overall... I would assume that outside of Justin Herbert and what you're going to do to take advantage of him and bring him up to his best abilities, there's going to be a lot of restructuring as it relates to this team, these schemes just in general. So in terms of how does Harbaugh, we we, we know the kind of just the whole get guys that are nasty philosophy, not just that, that have good football IQ, but just that are nasty in the way that they play. So we've been talking about like, OK, well, who would be the her, the Harbaugh guys on the Chargers roster? How does he go about bringing that up and developing that from an offense and a defense perspective.
2: Yeah. So you, it's, it's getting guys to buy in right away and those are the dudes that'll stick around, right? Yeah. There, there's obviously cap. So, so it, if you're looking at the cap and the guys that he's already brought up, he's already mentioned Keenan Allen by name. He's already mentioned Derwin James by name. And I can tell you why right away. When you think of a wide receiver, what do you think of a guy that catches balls and gets touchdowns? Right. Jim Harbaugh thinks about a guy that goes all out and blocks on run plays too. That does everything right. Your safety being the guy that sits back, keep the big plays in front of you, maybe a ball hawk interception. No, Jim Harbaugh wants a guy that's going to come up and lay a hit in the run game. Right. It's, it's doing the extra pieces when maybe no one expects you to. Those are the things he loves. Um, Khalil Mack is a guy that Jim Harbaugh will fall in love with. (laughs) If the chargers can figure out a way to keep him on, the roster as well. Um, But yeah, it's, he builds trenches out and I know that's a cliche too, but it's just true. Michigan succeeded behind the offensive line on offense. And like I said, being able to bring pressure with a defensive front, whether it's coming from the edge, the interior that that's where he's going to start. You you need to win in the trenches because it's all about balance. The way Jim Hart, excuse me, (laughs) Jim Harbaugh, the way Herbert, is going to be better is by the defense, putting him in positions to succeed better field position, right? The offensive line running the ball so he can stay on schedule, giving him short, easy throws so that when the time comes for him to hit the deep route, he can, right. You, you've set him up for success, but just by not asking too much of him, people go after JJ McCarthy's stats left and right, because, oh, he doesn't have a bunch of passing stats. Well, that's how the team won right? So there's a good chance Justin Herbert's numbers, arguably, I mean, the NFL is a different animal altogether, but they could stay flat in terms of yards and touchdowns and he's going to look like a significantly better quarterback just by building around him, giving him the offensive line he needs, giving him the wide receivers and the the running backs he needs. And then a defense that gives him short fields and gives them opportunities to score points.
1: So you're, you're familiar with, the, the Michigan kind of players and the types of archetypes that Jim Harbaugh has been successful with there for now a long time. Chargers looking forward to like the NFL draft. <clears throat> there's a all of positions, them. all
2: Michigan players. That's what
1: <laughs> so there's, there's a few, there's a few like key positions Everybody. or players that Everybody. that Chargers fans are like so honed in on. And, At number five, the Chargers have like so many options they can go with. Basically, they'll have their choice of everyone except probably one skill position because of the three quarterbacks most likely going ahead of them. Malik Neighbors, you've got Roma Dunze, you've got like you got a tight end over there, Brock Bowers. You've got the offensive line. There's all kinds of positions, but knowing Jim Harbaugh and knowing this Chargers roster, which you've talked about, and you and I have kind of talked about offline. How do you see Jim Harbaugh looking at the roster and the draft? And where do you think that he puts the focus in the early investment in, whether that's at five or rounds one through three, like where do you think it's going to end up going?
2: At five, I would go ahead and order your Brock Bowers jersey. <laughs> I I would be absolutely shocked if, if that's not the pick. Um, because whether it was... Jake Butt, when you first got to Ann Arbor, or Luke Schoonmaker, Eric Hall, and then Colston Loveland this year. The second receiver on Michigan is almost always a tight end in terms of receptions and yards. The tight end is a huge part of the game, not just as a receiver, but again, as a blocker, right? That You're going to see a lot of 11 personnel and 21, there's going to be multiple tight end sets. So a guy like Brock Bowers just seems like, I mean, they recruited him hard, (laughs) right? Georgia likes to steal a lot of the tight ends. Michigan goes after. So I I'd be shocked if it's not Brock Bowers. I don't think a big playmaking receiver is anything. Jim Harbaugh is interested in right now. I I think somebody later in the rounds, maybe, or again, he has a lot of faith in Keenan Allen. We'll see if they make him stick, but I, I don't see them going that route. Fifth pick. Maybe it's an offensive line, um, but I, I think Brock Bowers is just such an obvious pick there. Um, in the later rounds, it's going to be the guys we, we've we been talking about, right? The the interior guys, the the offensive line, I think they'll address. But in terms of Michigan players that he would maybe go after, number one, he's not going to be that way. I'm joking. He's not going to come in and just draft dudes because they're from <laughs> Michigan. He, he's, he's smarter than that. He's going to go after... Players and honestly, you kind of have an interesting advantage here by bringing in Harbaugh because a lot of the top talent in this draft he recruited, right? And he's followed along in college and guys you're bringing in know these guys. So like you bring up Roma Dunze, they just played against him in the national championship game, right? They've seen Brock Bowers and have scouted for him, so they've got an interesting perspective. But yeah, Michigan guys, uh, Blake Corum sticks out to me as as a running back that could come into this room because. He's not the biggest home run hitter, but he's always going to get you five yards, right? He's so, so good at juking and getting those extra couple of yards. And again, if I want to keep the offense on schedule, I need those three, four, five yard runs. I can't get tackles for loss. I need you to get me maximum yards every time. A guy like Blake Coram sticks out. And then from a character standpoint, you know, Quorum is all about hard work and, and off the field, you know, he has donated so much of his NIL money around Thanksgiving. He donates turkeys to communities. Um, He, he is a Michigan legend. He's probably on our Mount Rushmore. He's, Mm. he's the greatest running back we've had statistically. And he's said over and over again, he wants to be remembered for the man he was and what he did off the field. And that's going to happen. He's just an incredible human being. So he, he's one of those guys. And then, I mean, I could name a bunch of them, but the other, I'll focus on two. The other one I think is going to be a big piece could potentially for the Chargers would be Mike Sainer. Still Mike Sainer still is that team mentality. He came in as a wide receiver and worked his way up and played on special teams. And then they asked him to move to cornerback. He says, sure. Ends up becoming one of Michigan's best defenders. But again, as a nickel corner, he's great in coverage. He led the team in interceptions he had the second highest pass rush grade on this team when he was sent on blitzes. He's one of the best tacklers on the team. He's fantastic about getting involved in the run game. Again, he does everything, and he does whatever's asked of for the team, right? So that kind of mentality. I could bring up Chris Jenkins on defensive tackle and go on and on about Junior Colson and line. I mean, there's so many players, both offensive linemen, Keegan and Zinteri, they could be factors, but those dudes that do everything and have that team mentality, Quorum and Saner still stick out to me.
0: I wanted to touch on actually three more. You kind of let it in there a little bit with Chris Jenkins because I know yeah. from the Chargers' standpoint, they have voids on both the interior offensive line and, of course, the, the interior defensive line. Talk a little bit about Jenkins, what he does. I'm a personal favorite of Drake Nugent as far as what he brings to the table as a center and just his overall football IQ. I really like him as an option for the Chargers in the later rounds. And again, the center class is just ridiculous. And then the final one I wanted to touch on was Roman Wilson is setting things on fire right now as it relates to the Senior Bowl. And there's been a lot of people that have been out there, and this is going to hurt Dan significantly here because they're all making the Tank Dell comparisons, and Dan was a huge Tank Dell fan throughout the (laughs) pre-draft process last year. And it extremely pained Dan to know that he was not selected by the Chargers by the end of day two.
2: (laughs) That's an interesting one. Yeah, he's he's easily the winner of the senior bowl after two days so far. And I mentioned with JJ, people look at the numbers and go, Oh, well he didn't really have a lot of performance, but when you watch the games, (laughs) right? Roman Wilson gets separation. Michigan doesn't take a lot of deep shots. It's just a risk thing for them. Why are they going to risk throwing a pick or wasting a down when they can continue to take chunk yards down the field, stay on schedule, score points and run the clock. So unless somebody's crazy open and they've called the play action deep shot, they just don't do it a lot. So he doesn't get a bunch of opportunities to show off what he's been showing at the Senior Bowl, which is elite speed, right? He's the flying Hawaiian, <laughs> is what we call him. So
1: okay, how have- elite? How elite are we talking? Like, what? Like, what would you project to be his forty? Because like, I'm trying yeah. to temper my expectations here because I was crippled in defeat when Tank Dell didn't
2: go to the Chargers. He'll be he'll be four three. Oh. Don't do this to me. Yeah. Don't do this to me, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, he'll be 4-3. He can line up it's, in the slot.
0: Man, now it's now it's gonna piss him off even more. It's gonna piss him <laughs> off even more. God
2: dang it, man. <laughs> no, he, he's 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 a great player, man. He's got speed, he's got good hands, and again, despite being undersized, he's a really, really good blocker in the run game. He can take he can go down the seam from the slot, he can do crossing routes, he can run those deep outs from outside. He's just a really versatile player. So yeah, I I don't know where he's going to go now. That's the thing. I mean, he was already probably a day two pick. Now it's like, okay, he's going to be second or third round. Um, Is that where the Chargers want to spend a pick at the start of this? I don't know if I want to use the term rebuild, but the start of this Harbaugh era, I don't know. I I don't know if that's where they would go. Um, But yeah, people are finding out about Roman Wilson, something we've known forever, but (laughs) (laughs) um you brought up chris jenkins yeah he's just he's a prototype defensive tackle but can also slide defensive end and whether it's a two-man front or playing like a three-four defensive end he's good in pass rush but the biggest thing he does is eats up double teams and allows the other guys to go to work so if i'm living in a world where i have a joey bosa and a cleo Mack or somebody like that still on this team next year Jenkins is doing enough that I'm getting one-on-one matchups for my pass rushers and I'm filling running lanes and stuffing the run. Right. He, I think his point of contact on runs was 1.5 yards average. So yeah, (laughs) he's right there. He's not moving. That's, that's nothing. Mason Graham is less than a yard. So, and Kenneth Grant's right there. So yeah, next year, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, remember those names because Harbaugh called them a gift from the football gods when they arrived on campus. So those <laughs>
1: 2025 draft, we all know yeah. we can clock in for the Go chargers ahead. at number 30 or 32.
2: And then, yeah, interior, you brought up interior offensive line. Drake Nugent was only with the team for a year, but he did really, really well. I think Zach Center, though, the, the right guard. Um, I don't want to compare anybody to Quentin Nelson, <laughs> right. Or like a Zach Martin, the elite, elite guards, Oof. but he's that kind of guy, dude. He he moves people. He gets to the next level. He can pull. He can. He's just. He's unbelievable. He, he's unbelievable. When Keegan's right there too. Keegan doesn't get enough attention because of Zinter, arguably, um, but they don't give up sacks and they're absolute movers in the run game. So if you hear Trevor Keegan or Zach Zinter get drafted, you should be very excited.
1: <laughs> Honestly, Jesse, I, I, it's insane to me, Trevor. Like how much the Jim Harbaugh impact is felt, I think from both sides away from Michigan to LA with the chargers. What's like, if if it was like a message from Michigan with love, right. To LA, like what would be like the, you know, I'm, 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 this is a little too much, but imagine like a father giving his daughter away at a wedding. Like what is that message to LA? You stole our girlfriend
2: is what it is. (laughs) That's that's the vibe. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That first that first video they posted where he's in the powder blue coat, man, it was like, oh like you, you took our you took him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like but like what like what what should Chargers fans expect within the first, let's just say the first like 90 days with Jim Harbaugh or first season? Like what should be the things that we should be like Oh, yeah. Trevor told us we would expect this. Like this is coming.
2: It it's gonna be those it's gonna be the phrases. It's gonna be instilling this mentality with with catchphrases. And some of them are gonna be like, when I mentioned the four pillars of the defense, and you're gonna go, yeah, I'm gonna get on board with that. And some of it's gonna be like, what is this dude talking about? <laughs> right? Um he and, and we kind of talked about this before we came on. He's a different cat. And I, I kind of don't love the conversation around Jim Harbaugh and what is sometimes called weird or quirky or awkward. And sometimes things even more offensive than that. And that could be a bigger societal issue in the way that we judge people when they're different. Um, but whether you think he's weird or not, he is 100% comfortable with who he is. And there's something incredible about that. And there are going to be moments where like you think, Oh, I wish he wouldn't have said that or "Oh, what is he, you know, these, these moments of like, you're not used to a coach saying things like that. And you just have to remember that it comes with the territory and it's worth it. Right. And that was the thing with Harbaugh with us here at Michigan was whether it was the goofy things or even the off season NFL searches, right? He would never shut him down. He'd say things like, well, I have, you know, I hope I have a future, just all these, these weird things where you're like, just say it, you know, come out and say it, deal with it, learn to love it. And just cause it'll be worth it. Right. It's just part of, it's all part of who he is and the, and the character of, of Jim Harbaugh, but that's what it's going to be. It's just him saying things and try not to write it off as coach speech. in in 2021, he came into the big 10 media days, Michigan had just gone two and four. He's never beaten Ohio state. There's no expectations with this program. He just took a pay cut to stay at Michigan. And he said, we're going to beat Ohio State or die trying. We're going to win the Big Ten. We're going to win a national championship. And people laughed, and they did. Right? They did. So he he doesn't say anything he doesn't mean. He's incredibly honest, sometimes to his detriment. Right? Like, part of the reason Michigan kind of struggled at times of recruiting is because he was telling recruits flat out, oh, yeah, if the right offer comes along, I'm, I'm probably going to go to the NFL right? But on the flip of that, the reason Michigan's not having a mass exodus in the portal and the reason the players and the coaches and the players' parents and a lot of fans are supporting him is because we knew this was a dream of his. He said it was something he was probably going to pursue. He's been honest about it, right? You just, you can't hold it against him. So yeah, you'll you'll get the fire up speeches and then you'll get comments about milk and steak, how he has He doesn't take any vitamins. He takes vitamin steak. That's one of his phrases. (laughs) So, yes. But I would say just vitamin steak. Yeah, yeah. It's all part of the experience. Enjoy it while you have it. That's how I would put it.
1: Trevor McHugh uh, from Rivals and Maze and Blue. uh, You were fantastic, my friend. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on and kind of sharing the Michigan perspective and some of the nuggets both Jim Harbaugh and the coaching staff, as well as kind of the players and the makeup of the team, kind of what makes them tick. I say this with love. When we had the live show, when it broke, there were so many Michigan fans in the comment section that were talking about now being Chargers fans and excited for Jim Harbaugh and how happy they were for him, which you don't often find when a move like this happens. And we saw a similar thing when Justin Herbert was drafted and all the Pac Northwest Oregon folks became Chargers fans. It seems like Michigan fans are kind of going to become Chargers fans when they were playing in the AFC games versus NFC. Um, Michigan fans are welcome. You're welcome here anytime. And honestly, it we're excited. Might, for the you run. might get a home we're crowd advantage
2: run. finally. Hey, we need it. And look, I think that's one of the things. I waited the whole show and I finally put a shot at it. That's there, so one go. of the
1: reasons. That's <laughs> one of the reasons Jim Harbaugh is also coming is to help yeah, with. the LA it is. Implant. You, just had
2: to, you just had to get one.
1: but look um honestly trevor it's been a pleasure man thank you what are you guys up to these days what's you and your show doing uh how are you guys going to be kind of moving forward now post jim harbaugh
2: yeah uh real quick i've already ordered my powder blue chargers hat with the bolts on it like i was i was excited went to the chargers because your uniforms and swag are great so yeah uh no harbaugh has already talked about where you know chargers east your michigan west i i do think there's gonna be some relationship there. So yeah, my door's always open. If you guys ever want me to come back on, no big deal. Um, yeah. Moving forward, we're, we're talking about Sharon Moore and, and what he can do to continue what's happened in the Jim Harbaugh era, but also put his own fingerprints on the program. And then obviously, you know, we have our uh, podcast tonight. We do hail to the podcast every week and it it's Harbaugh versus Moore. We're We're talking about these two guys, you know, fighting over staff, right. Trying, trying to build their, their, their teams up and they both want the same guys, right? <laughs> but again, there's not tension there. They they knew this was going to happen. They respect each other. more, obviously loves Harbaugh, so it's it's just part of the business and, and moving forward. I, I expect there to be a, a lot of continuity between the groups. Um, once the NFL schedule comes out and we know what the Chargers' bye week is, they're talking about bringing Jim Harbaugh back to Ann Arbor to be an honorary captain and come out during a football game. So oh, that'd be awesome. If that gives you any indication of nice you know the relationship long term you know he he's a hero man he, he won a national championship so
1: i love it trevor McHugh, round of applause to you my friend well done thank you so much for joining us man uh, best of luck to you and the michigan squad as you guys retool and set up to to keep your trophy in house for 2025 uh always stay close connected we'll talk to you later, all right buddy all right thanks guys appreciate you all right see you trevor